This is Cashology by FMBO, a podcast devoted to the art and science of managing your money. It's like school, but your only homework is living your best financial life. Class is now in session. Welcome to Cashology Podcast, hosted by your resident cashologist, Julie Wyans. Today, I am too doggone excited to introduce our guest, <laughs> Pam Weiss, Vice President of PR and Marketing at the Nebraska Humane Society. Pam, welcome. Well, thank you for uh, asking me to do this. Yes, I'm very excited because I love pets, specifically dogs, although I, I do love all animals. I imagine that after working at the Humane Society for over 18 years, you have acquired a few pets of your own. What animals do you have right now? So um, currently we're catless. Um, I have had cats in the past, but currently I don't have any. However, we do have four dogs. I have three Labrador retrievers named River, Rocks, and Sky, and then one um, sassy, cranky, toothless, um, chubby chihuahua who is 12. (laughs) (laughs) I love that description. They all sound like they have quite the personalities. Yeah. And it's funny because even among our labs, they all have different personalities. There are a lot of people who um, think that I can not necessarily replace an animal, but that this animal is going to be very similar to my last animal because it's the same um, species. It's the same um, breed. And a lot of times they have similar characteristics, but they all have different personalities. That makes sense. Everyone's different. Every human, every animal. Absolutely. That's great. (laughs) Today we're talking about a fun topic when we know what the ins and outs are, but is the cost of pet ownership, which is something that many people don't consider when thinking about uh, adopting a pet. So uh, Pam, you're going to guide us through everything we need to know about adopting the ongoing costs of of pet ownership. So I first want to ask, is it expensive to adopt or purchase a pet? It can be. Um, And there are a lot of things that you need to think about before you make that commitment, because most of the time, you're going to want to keep that animal with you as long as possible. And um, we hope that it's a lifetime commitment for the animal. And if that's the case, then there will be some costs that come up that you may not have thought about. You can acquire a pet for next to nothing. I mean, you can you can get a pet free to a good home. You can um, adopt at the shelter when we have very low cost adoptions because we're getting crowded and we want to move some animals through the system. Um, so you can you can adopt an animal for anywhere from fee waived all the way up to, you know, $4,000 if you're buying a specific animal from a breeder for a specific purpose. So the actual act of getting a pet may not be as expensive as you might think, or it may be much more expensive than you think, but there are other costs involved during the lifetime of the pet that you really need to think about. So Pam, if I find a, a dog that I absolutely love at the Humane Society, I end up adopting him. What other expenses then, as I grow through life with the dog, that I should expect? <laughs> so depending on the age of the animal, um, kind of dictates how long, obviously, you're going to have it. But there are um, there's some initial expenses. Obviously, the dog itself, you know, shelter to breeder. Again, zero to four thousand dollars, depending on what that initial fee is. 
you're going to want to take him for his first vet visit and get that established with your vet probably pretty close to the time that you adopt. And that can be anywhere from $50 with a free visit and just a couple of inoculations all the way up to maybe $300 to get blood work done and to make sure that your pet is healthy and, and what you had expected to get from, you know, the breeder or from the shelter. Um, licensing, you're going to want to spay and neuter maybe, and you're going to want to set up. So you might need a crate or collars and leashes, bowls, litter pans if it's a cat, um, food, toys. So there's an initial outlay of those types of things that you're going to want to think about as you make that commitment to initially adopt the pet. And then obviously there are yearly costs because you got to keep feeding them. (laughs) You're going to have to license every year. A pet may need grooming. Um, They're going to need at least one vet visit a year. And if it's a puppy, they may need more for uh, vaccinations up to the point where they're completely inoculated. And if it's an older pet, they may need more because they may start having some health failings that you're going to need to take care of. So Puppies might need training classes. You're probably going to want toys. If you travel, you're going to need to pay for a pet sitter and or boarding. So all of those things, it's a good idea to kind of look and see, maybe do a little research and figure out what you want to be able to provide your animal, what you want your life to continue to look like, and then how much you want to allocate toward pet ownership. Such good advice, Pam. I have been thinking about adopting a dog for quite some time. And whenever I think about that, I think about, again, our life together and what I would want to give to him. And I always think I will definitely overindulge and spoil my pet without (laughs) a doubt. And it's good to know that you need to think about your lifestyle and what you want to provide because what I will want to do for my pet could look different from what another listener might want to do. So absolutely. I have some friends who take their dogs hiking. So they invested in camping gear that's kind of dog specific, including seat belts that the two Weimaraners can sit in the back seat and be safe. Um, they have little backpacks for the dogs. So those, and those are, are, are not oh inexpensive. <laughs> so they have little backpacks where the dogs can, you know, help with the hikes and carry on their own, you know, types of supplies. I mean, it's, you can get as, as, as ornate, um, or as involved in your pet's life as you want. Um, for the majority of people, I think that, um, they want a companion, they want their pet to be comfortable. They want to make sure that they can medically take care of it and obviously provide it with, you know, a few toys, a few chew bones. And, and good nutrition, I think. So, um, but yeah, you can, you can go as um, not necessarily over the top, but you can really include them in everything that you do. Or um, you can have a companion that is like another member of your family where they don't do everything with you, but they do a lot with you. I would love to see those Weimaraners with their backpacks on. <laughs> that must be a sight. Oh, that's, that's too cute. Just so all the listeners know that I am interviewing Pam virtually right now. So if you hear an animal barking or meowing in the background, that is because (laughs) Pam is at the Humane Society right now. Well, so Pam, I think you touched on this a little bit, but I'd like to let our listeners know more about this. You talked about emergency expenses. And I think that definitely is a consideration that not many think about. But of course, we want our animals to live a very long life. And one of those un, um, you know, unexpected costs could come up as, they're, as they get older or as illness 
comes up. So how should we prepare for that? What should we prepare? No matter when an emergency hits, it's an emergency and it's never good timing. So that's number one. Um, But you probably want to make sure that you have a little bit of a contingency for those emergencies. So you'll get your vet visit yearly and you'll go in and get your inoculations. And, um, you know, if there's nothing major going on, it's probably going to cost you around 120 to $150 to get all that done, to get them licensed. Everything's great. But if you do have, um, an emergency that that comes up, uh, your dog ingests part of his rawhide and needs to have it removed from his gullet, or um, there's something else that occurs. He ends up eating, you know, mushrooms in the backyard and um, starts poisoning himself kind of thing. Oh, boy. Be able to take care of them um, so that you can keep them as family members. And so contingency plans for maybe setting aside a little bit every month so that you've got something that's, that's, uh, you know, $500 to $1,000 kind of in savings in case something comes up like that. A lot of times, if you have been, um, working with your vet on a regular basis, they can help you with payment plans or maybe, uh, there's some credit cards that you can get that they'll, that they'll offer you a low interest rate on that you can use for those pets. But that's something that's kind of an emergency. You want to have that contingency plan just to make sure that you don't end up with a pet that needs a $5,000 operation. You have no way to pay for that. And, and you may need to give them up because you can't care for them. I mean, that's heartbreaking for people who, who run into that. Thinking about that and just saying, wow, I've got the basics covered. Hmm. Maybe want to make sure that I, that I put a little aside each month or that I have some type of contingency plan so that I have the savings necessary should something come up like that. Yeah, definitely. We, our first episode was on emergency savings. And we talked a lot about circumstances that may come up where that savings account would be necessary. And this is a great example of that. I mean, your animal is dependent on you and having savings that could potentially be used when a circumstance like that comes up is very important. Absolutely. There's also pet insurance. um, And I... I confess that I've seen some of them and a lot of them are very different, but that may be something that you want to look into, um, pet insurance or some type of pet plan, almost like a savings plan, like, um, flex pay for you to put a little bit of aside so that you've got that money available for that animal. Sometimes your veterinarian can advise you on insurances or plans like that, that may be able to give you a little bit of cushion should an emergency emerge. Are there any other aspects of pet ownership that you can think of that we should be saving for or unexpected costs that you can think of that we may not have talked about? Um, usually it's medical. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes though you end up with a a puppy who, um, you work with and it turns into a velociraptor and is eating you out of house and home and, you know, creating damage in your home. And you think I really need to get some extra help with this. So putting some money aside or thinking about training is another really good, um, thing to think about, uh, as you were looking at getting a pet. Younger animals a lot of times need a bit more training. However, sometimes animals at the shelter who um, are maybe haven't had a lot of <laughs> education early on in life, sometimes those guys, when they come in here, we get these guys that are really big. They're now fully grown and they have absolutely no manners. So we work with them, but we also say, hey, if you adopt this guy, we're going to give you at least one free class 
to start you out on the right paw so that you and your pet can bond and also is appropriately acting like a good citizen in your home. Um, So training is something else that I think people should think about. And not just for puppies. Sometimes it's for older dogs too. Although a lot of times older dogs do have some knowledge of the world and therefore may listen to you and may be a little bit more responsive to what you're saying because they've learned it before. But definitely um, training classes, maybe um, going to play groups if your animal needs to be socialized. Um, They're not hugely expensive, but it's something else that's another expense that can really, really benefit you in the long run and increase the bond and the companionship that you have with that animal because now you can get along with him. You're both on the same level. You're, you know, you're able to control him. Um, He isn't eating your furniture. Uh, so he's a much better citizen with training and with some classes. So that's another thing to think about as well. And I should tell the listeners that if you're located in Omaha, the Nebraska Humane Society does offer training obedience classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually volunteered at the Humane Society for a few years as a dog walker and was able to observe an obedience class. And it, it was excellent. So if you ever need to train your pet or if you'd like to adopt a pet, definitely uh, look at the Humane Society site. What kind of animals uh, does the Humane Society have? So we actually, our website is NE for Nebraska, humanesociety.org. Pretty easy to remember. If you go on there, you'll see um, an adoption tab and underneath there um, are several different categories. So we have dogs and puppies, cats and kittens. We also have critters, Um, We have working cats. So um, if we have cats that might not be the best indoor cats, but would be good barn cats, we will try to get those guys out to people who have appropriate housing and feeding for them, but they're more comfortable in that type of an environment than inside in a home. Um, So we have all different kinds of animals. Currently, we have holy buckets. We have got a ton of guinea pigs. I have no idea where they all came from, but we've got guinea pigs and turtles and hamsters. We have two hairless rats, um, which came in. We have um, a pot-bellied pig, a goat, some ducks and chickens. Um, So we have the barnyard bunny buddies kind of taken care of too. And then obviously our majority um, of adoptable animals are are dogs and cats. We, um, We get more dogs, cats, and kittens than we do pups. We don't get a lot of pups in anymore. Um, I think people are learning the benefits of spaying and neutering and the um, expenses of having a a mom have babies. So we don't have as many pups come in as adult dogs that people can no longer care for um, and or cats and kittens. The neutering hasn't quite gotten to the cat population like it has the dog population. So, but we have, we have lots of different animals. And so if people are interested, you just check those tabs, you look at a photo, you can click on it and see the information. And there's an online adoption application that's right there that you can fill out, send in, and and we'll try to get with you and see if we can't match it up with somebody. That is awesome, Pam. So if your budget isn't conducive to having a dog or a cat, maybe you can find a, a, a less expensive ongoing cost animal to a budget for and to care for and love and welcome into your home. Absolutely. Some of the some of the pocket pets obviously don't eat as much as a dog or a cat. Hamsters certainly don't. 
Um, and um, not to say, but generally speaking, their lifespan is a little shorter. So the commitment usually is not quite as lengthy as it would be for a dog or a cat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pam. Do you have anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? Oh my gosh. Um, we so appreciate first FNBO. Um, you guys are fabulous. So thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk a little bit about this. I think that um, sometimes people get into pets and don't recognize um, the costs. So I'm very happy to have this opportunity to be able to, to tell people this. I also um, want to say that we are a nonprofit and we absolutely appreciate our community. If people want to volunteer, we have volunteering opportunities. If you'd like to donate, we have donation opportunities. And if you would like to adopt, we have adoption opportunities. So um, we're more than happy to talk to people about any and all of those things at the shelter and to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the public and that we're also um, getting animals out to them that they want to adopt. Thank you, Pam. And thank you to the Nebraska Humane Society. Everyone listening, don't forget to subscribe and keep an eye out for future episodes of Cashology coming your way soon. 